Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Strong and Capable Podcast. I'm your host, Bridgette Heller. And in this show, we live awake to the world around us so that we can transform our lives and step fearlessly into our divine destiny. Remember, friend, you are strong and capable. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this episode of The Strong and Capable, Season 3, Fearless. And today I have Miss Courtney Brown with us. You want to say hey, Courtney? Hi, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for Um, having me. Yep. I'm so, so glad you're here. It's funny because normally when I do an interview, Courtney, I don't even worry about what I wear, but because of who you are, I was like, well, shoot, I actually, maybe I should think about this for two seconds. For those who don't know Courtney, I want you to know her. And what's cool about Courtney, actually, I don't even know if you know this, Courtney, is that I got introduced to you through my listeners. I was like, who should be on the podcast? Who's amazing? Who's inspiring to you? And your name came up. And so that's how I found you is is through listeners, which is pretty cool. That's wonderful. Yeah. So they, I mean, somebody out here listening already knows who you are, but for those who don't know, Courtney is featured on entrepreneur.com and the Today Show. She's the CEO and founder of Be Filled and Sense of Style. It's a $2 million company based in Bluffdale, Utah. And I bring, I want you guys to know, oh yeah. Two multi-million dollar companies, two separate multi-million dollar companies. (laughs) Freaking amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You got to own that fully when you've worked (laughs) that hard and created that kind of magic. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, two multi-million dollar companies. I mean, Courtney is no small person here. She's kind of taking names and kicking butt and going for it in the world of entrepreneurship and in the world of empowering women to be fearless in some way. I read your notes. I know what you have to say about fearless and I'm excited to talk about it. (laughs) I don't normally read bios so formally like this, but there were some things in here. I was like, oh, we have to bring this up right in the beginning so that the listeners know exactly who you are so that they can really respect what you have to say because you've been in e-commerce since 2007. You call yourself an OG. That's for real. That is for real in 2007, that for most people wasn't even a thing that they thought of they could do. And then your company's mission is to teach women that when they look good, they feel good, and then they have the power to do good. And I love that. You also are a mom who's been through and gone through and learned through a lot with your kids. You're an adoptive mom. You have a transracial family. You have a disabled and autistic child. You're a mother of LQBTQ children. I mean- you got a lot going on in your family. You kind of remind me of the Heller family. I always say, it's a lot happening here. I always say there's a lot going on all the time. Yep. It's a lot. And it's in it, in, at least in my family, it's intense because there's big emotions and there's a lot. I also have a son who's autistic and that just that one piece of it adds so much richness to family culture. Yeah. So anyway, I just want to talk as we're talking about the season, fearless. And obviously you're not letting fear be the deciding factor in your life. I actually don't believe fear you ever are fearless. I believe that as we grow through life, because I believe that's the purpose of life is for us to come and grow and expand new fears pop up, right. And new layers pop up of things we need to look at and work on and acknowledge, right. My life story is a story of 
um, working in faith through the fear. As, and I can tell you right now, even after having built these companies, after having formed my family um, and you know, spoken on stages, the fear doesn't go away. It's just that we learn to work through the fear and use the fear. This is the key. We get to use the fear as a signal that it matters, mm. that we care about it. If it wasn't something we cared about, there would not be fear. So let's reframe how we look at fear. What if it came up and it starts bubbling to the surface? We say, oh, hello, there you are again, fear. I see you. What are you trying to tell me? Right. And kind of become the curious witness of it instead of being like, I got to get out of this fear. How can I step back? How can I pull back, get back to my comfort zone? Um, one of my favorite books about this is by Gay Hendricks. It's called The Big Leap. Have you read The Big Leap? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Big Leap. I feel like that's one of those foundational books. You gotta read it. Fantastic for mindset, for getting outside your comfort zone. And essentially, we as humans love homeostasis. We love and crave our comfort zones. So when we're looking to live intentionally or bigger, more bold and full lives, um, inevitably the fear will come up and signal us to jump back into our comfort zone. Or as Gay Hendricks said, it often occurs that when we jump out of that comfort zone into a new zone in one area of our life, say in our business or our career, we then start self-sabotaging another area of our life, like our home life. So we can equal kind of balance those scales. But I think the most important thing we can do is just to start to witness it and when and where it comes up for us. Mm -hmm. I so agree with witnessing it and using it as information. And I agree with you that even though the season is called fearless, (laughs) that it never totally goes away. And, you know, as a coach, I see this all the time for women, but I go to a lot of retreats and you, you know, one of the successful things you do as a business person is you surround yourself with people doing things, doing big things, having big ideas. You, the more people you put around yourself that way, the easier it is to witness the fear and then still work through it because you see evidence of it being worked through. Absolutely. I love that. I mean, you know, a lot, they say we're the sum total of the five people we spend the most time with. Right. And Are we surrounding ourselves with people that make us want to live an expansive life, to push through the fear, to do the thing? Or are we surrounded by people that, um, you know, say, oh, you know, in their own ways, oh, don't do that. Why would you do that? It's too, you know, you're comfortable where you're at. Um, And I think that that's a very fair thing, but I'm not saying the fear will always come up in new forms and in different ways. Um, the thing that I was afraid of 15 years ago when I began Sense of Style is not the same thing I'm afraid of today because through the action, right, through, through working through the fear, that fear kind of goes away and it becomes more comfortable, right? I can remember um, going to my very first buying show where wholesalers get together and Sense of Style is an online e-commerce women's fashion brand always been online, always been in e-commerce. And so we've been doing that for a really long time. And I went to my first show. So this is going to be probably back in 08 or 09, right? And 
I was terrified. I couldn't sleep the night before. I didn't know what I didn't know. I thought that maybe they won't sell to me. You know, maybe I'm too small. Maybe I'm, um, maybe I won't have enough money. You know, maybe I won't buy the right things. All of those fears came and here I am 15 years later and it's almost laughable that that was the thing that put fear into me, but it was legitimate at the time. And the only way to break through it was to act. Now, I will never be the person who sits in front of you and says, I am fearless um, because I, have, I had fear last night as I was laying in bed, those fears and anxieties started creeping up. They look different, but they are often tied to our, each of our individual kind of wound, uh, original wounding, childhood wounds, right? The same story, if we, if we witness and listen enough, we're going to realize that the same stories come up over and over and over again. And mine, I don't know what yours is, but my mine is, it, you'll never be good enough. It will never be enough. So in whatever form it takes on, right, they won't sell to you because you're not good enough, right? You won't be able to work with that influencer because you're not good enough. And now as I'm venturing outside of my day-to-day uh, work at C- as CEO at Sense of Style and Be Fulfilled and doing some of my own things, it's that same fear is coming up again of, oh, no one will show up. You're not good enough. Who are you to speak about that? You're not good enough. Yes. It, the childhood wound can never be underestimated. <laughs> and the, it will show up the more work you do, the more opportunities you take to be fearless. It's like a deeper level each time you know, like you said, or your circumstance will uncover a new layer. It's not always down and up. Sometimes it's wide and to the side and it can a curveball thrown at you that you didn't expect. This is probably one of the biggest things I see for myself and for other women that I get to associate with when we're all in this container of like growth, you know, maybe at a retreat or something is the frustration. I've already worked through this. I've already done this work. Why am I here again (laughs) dealing with this a worthiness wound or this fear of it usually is worthiness. Actually, I think it usually does come down to worthiness in some form. I'm not good enough. I'm not worth it. No one will believe me. And then to compound that, you know, business can be a little wild ride. And so, no, it is a wild ride. And so sometimes you fail. Totally. Like sometimes. So how, how do we work through fear and failure when we failed and we got to get back up again? Well, um, I will be as blunt as possible. You will fail straight up. You will fail and you'll fail over and over and over. And it's uh, once again, how you perceive failure. Failure is only failure if you stop. A lot of times failure is just learning. And in my own personal belief system, it is just a lot of times correcting the path. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting you back to the the place you need to be, right? Um, I think there's magic in failure. And I have a keynote that I've spoken on in this is if you can use failure as a stepping stone instead of a stumbling block. And I know you're big on mindset and all this is is how you perceive it, Mm -hmm. quite literally. Mm -hmm. One of my personal tricks of how you work through the failure in anything or the disappointment or when life doesn't go the way you think it should 
is in any given scenario, ask what is the gift? What is the lesson? What is the gift? Because in that moment, when you can accept what's occurred and then ask where the good is in it or the gift or the lesson or the blessing, you choose your adjective or your, you know, you choose your word, it, it changes. You get some space, you get some understanding and you can quite literally alchemize the scenario, right? Yep. From some of the worst things that have ever happened into being your greatest blessings. Let me give you an example from my own life. Um, in fact, <laughs> I was talking with some friends about this recently. Um, my children have a lot of struggles in a lot of difficulties in their life, right? We have mental health, um, we have LGBTQ, we have autism, just like there's a lot going on in our household at any given time. And I was thinking about this the other day um, that my children's struggles are a lot of parents' worst nightmares. My children's lives are a lot of parents' worst nightmares, right? I mean, I, I speak freely about this, but we have admitted a child to a psychiatric hospital multiple times, right? We have dealt with suicide ideation and attempts and, um, those are, those are scary, terrible things that you wouldn't wish upon anyone, mm -hmm. right? And in many mother's eyes, those would be considered failures, right? Straight up, and I get that. And I've had to do my own work around it. Um, and I like to tell this story that right before the lockdowns in 2020, we took our child and admitted um, him to a psychiatric hospital here in Salt Lake City. And as we were driving home, I looked at my husband and I said, I'm gonna need your help. I can't see the gift. Can you help me find the gift? And he said, we got a bed. Be safe tonight. Mm -hmm. You can sleep tonight. Mm -hmm. So in one of those nightmarish moments, I still, was able with the help of my partner, find the gift. And I tell you these things because one, I never want you to think that my life is without struggle because there's a lot. And I love my life so very much and I wouldn't change it for anything. Because these children that I worked through infertility and adoption to get and have, who have these massive things going on in their lives, things that I never had to even consider. They are my greatest gift. And I have learned more about from them, from this perceived, honestly, I think in a lot of people's minds, it would be perceived failure, right? These, but they are perfect in who they are and their life path. And they have taught me more, right? than I could have ever learned in any other way. Mm -hmm. The growth and expansion I have from that has been, um, has made me who I am, right? So guess what? You chose to be human. You are here. There will be failure. There will be heartache. There will be struggle. And it's how you choose to respond to it that matters. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. And being 
authentic in this way. This, this is really important to my community, but like you, I have sat in the back of an ambulance while someone I loved said, I'm not going to live. And I have autism and I mean, we could go down the list. And what I've, what I know is that everyone could go down the list. Yeah, exactly. Everyone has a list. Everyone has things and how open we are about it really matters because if we hide it, if we pretend like everything's perfect, then those gifts, like you're talking about, nobody else has a roadmap for how to find them in their life. And I really genuinely believe I've been thinking a lot about this concept of how we, how it shifts, Mm -hmm. how the failure shifts, how the pain shifts. And I really genuinely believe that the first step is true acceptance Mm -hmm. of the moment as it is. Mm -hmm. Right. And one of my tools, like I said, to get there is to ask where the gift is, where the lesson is. And sometimes that the gift is only, well, I know more now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the only gift is I have more awareness to do better next time. Yep. But I believe that our life shifts, the tough things shift when we accept them as is when we stop trying to control it into perfection, right? Because that's all perfection really is, is the um, kind of illusion of the control, Mm -hmm. right? And it's difficult, right? We all know when we are vulnerable and put our our wounds a little bit on display, it's it's very, very vulnerable because we don't get to determine how it's received and who will hold it in, um, honor and sacredness and who will use it as, you know, maybe perhaps something against you, but guess what? We don't get to decide, right? We don't get to determine how other people take us. All we get to do is show up in our own authenticity, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we really don't. And I think that's one of those places that fear of perception of fear of things you can't control. That's a, that's a huge stopper that, that right there stop so many people from crossing the line of who they are and who they could be. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It is that they, that, and I, I do this for sure. I, um, is we stop ourselves because we wonder, well, what's my mom going to think? What's, what's my neighborhood going to think? What are the people on Instagram going to think? You know, well, guess what? You don't know. And we don't actually get to control that. We get to control one person and that's us, our own thoughts, our attitudes, our, our responses and our actions. And that's it. I had to learn really early on as a mother that I don't get to control my children's actions, nor the outcome of their lives. And I think as women, it's incredibly difficult for us because we have a lot of identity tied up in motherhood. And for a long time, a lot of women had their, whether they were quote unquote, good or bad, tied up in the achievements of their children, Mm -hmm. right? And so to um, realize that we are not the achievements of our children and that they have their own paths and to fully accept that, that is is its own work. (laughs) And one of the gifts of my motherhood is that I had to learn that very early right? When you own a fashion brand 
and your child literally refuses to do their hair and wears (laughs) crazy clothes. I mean, we've done it all. Um, It's like one of those moments of like, I can either push back and have us both be unhappy or I can let go and accept and allow this child to step in to who they are, Mm -hmm. right? That's something so simple, but how many of us have tried to control down to what our children wear because it says something, we're afraid of what someone else is going to think about us based on what they are wearing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I was pregnant with my third child and my oldest was in kindergarten. She had her first Christmas concert, you know, so I'm big pregnant and I'm so excited. It's our first Christmas show. And, and, uh, I remember trying to do her hair and it, this time she's so girly and sparkly now, but at most her life, she's been a tomboy, like all the like baseball, soccer, you know, all in on it. It is so cute, but I'm very girly as you can see clearly, <laughs> like I'm very sparkly and glitter and magic. And so our first concert, I wanted her hair cute and an updo. And I remember we fought this is a kindergartner. God did not send me like, like you and my kids have always to forge their own path. And never have I made a suggestion that they were like, okay, like that's never happened. But anyway, so I try and do her hair and she's screaming and kicking and she's a five-year-old. And I remember thinking, you're five. You don't get to decide this. I do. I'm the mom. Of course, like you said, lessons needed to be learned from me, for me. So we fight so hard. Her hair never gets done. It sends <laughs> me into contractions. So I missed the concert. Because I had to stay home. And I remember thinking, was it worth it? Sitting there on the couch with the contractions, crying because I didn't get to see my baby's first ever Christmas concert in kindergarten. You know, was it worth it? Was it worth trying to force my will on hers? No. Such a good question for us to ask, right? Was it worth it? I love that. Was it worth it? And for the future, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Right. When you're facing that fear, like you said, the information's coming up saying, Hey, this might not, it's really our, our bodies are beautiful. It's your brain saying there could be a threat here. Yeah, there could be, there could be, we, we still have a very primal piece of us, mm-hmm. you know, that's like, there's a tiger, watch out for the tiger, you know, mm-hmm. keep yourself safe, whether it's our, our subconscious that doesn't know whether it's Uh, a real threat or not. And that's where the awareness of slowing down and noticing the feeling and asking ourselves and doing a little bit of internal work and staying curious around it to Mm -hmm. see whether or not it's real. I um, was recently talking to a friend about, for me, fear comes up in the form of anxiety a lot. That is kind of how it presents itself. And I was talking to a friend and she said, she'd just been to a therapy appointment and her therapist had said, let's start um, reframing how we see this anxiety. Right. And saying that one, like you said, it's, it's safety, it's protecting and thanking it. Mm -hmm. And then two thinking, thinking about this anxiety as showing you it matters. Mm -hmm. You care. What if we just went that far? No, no other action required, but just thanking ourselves for caring, you know, because if you didn't care, 
you wouldn't have the fear or the anxiety. Now that's a shift, right? That's mm-hmm. an, that is a mindset shift, but how much better do you feel? And I always come back to that is like, does it, whether it's true or not with true with a capital T, how does it, do I feel better when I think of that way? And I do when I can just acknowledge it and be like, I care about this, you know, this matters to me. One of the things we do in our house with anxiety is that, like you said, we acknowledge it, we thank it. Hey, now we know this is here. This is great information. And then we, we actually do a couple of things. One of the exercises we often do is let's see it through. So you're scared to death of going to school and failing the test, or you're scared to death of walking into the room and nobody talks to you. So, and you feel like this weird pariah of the group. This is a real anxiety for me always. And often happens because I put on the vibe of I'm freaked out, right? Because I am. Anyways, let's talk it through. What happens? You fail the test. So does your grade go down a percentage? Does it go down 50%? Are there any other options for you? What does this look? We actually will walk through the full scenario of the fear because a lot of times there's resolution for every single fear. Absolutely. And so we don't need to, it helps take away the unknown because fear is usually just the unknown. Is the tiger going to jump out at me? I see it's there. Is it going to get me? Mm-hmm. So if you have a plan or yeah, yeah, he's going to get me. I'm going to go to the hospital. Okay. <laughs> is it worth it? Mm-hmm. You know, is it yeah. worth the risk? And I think I love that because we can say, you know, let's play it through. What's, you know, what's the worst case scenario? Okay. You failed the, you failed the test. Are you out? Are you done? Or, and then to take it on the other hand and start saying, well, what's the best, what's the best that could happen? Because as Wayne Dyer, are you familiar with Wayne Dyer Mm -hmm. and his work? I love, I love, I love me some Wayne Dyer, (laughs) but as, as Wayne says, it's like, can you 100% for sure know that the worst case scenario is going to happen? Can you know? You can't. With 100% of surety, you do not know that the worst thing is going to happen. You do not have that ability to see the outcome. Can you know, but for a 100% surety, that the best case scenario is going to happen? Can you know? Nope. You don't know. You do not know the outcome. So where are you going to put your energy and your thoughts mm-hmm. and which one make speaking about how it makes you feel, which one makes you feel better focusing on the very worst case or focusing on what's the best that could, and where are you going to put your energy, right? Because it's a choice, how we think about things, how we view them is a choice. And the only way we're going to break up those patterns of thought is by slowing down and noticing them. Yep. Oh, then I go back to the same thing, yep. right? Um, this say most of the time we realize, like we said before, that it's themes. Mm-hmm. It's themes. Yep. So I love that playing it out. Yeah, playing out. And then the other thought I had as you were talking was my current mentor, Gina Devi, she talks a lot about source. What are you making source? And she talks about fear, especially. When you are scared and you're consumed by this, you know, walking to the room and no one talking to me, it's like you're literally making that your God, you're making it your source. 
just, is it worth it? Is that what you want to be your source? That this is, you know, there's so many options for source and that's what you're going to choose is this moment to be the definition of who you are in your life. And so she really, she's quick to call me and other people within our different groups and collaborations and mindset, you know, all the things you're making the source. Is that what you want to do? And it's been interesting for me because of her pushing that I have seen so many women again, as they're scared, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're making their child's opinion source of their whole identity. Mm-hmm. That is scary. <laughs> Honestly, like then we do that to ourselves. Right. It is. I, I believe with all that I am, that we all have genius and greatness within us, that we mm-hmm. are here on this earth to make manifest the glory of God within us, right? And we have inklings and, and we know, right? We know those talents, those things, the little within that we've been, we've just known forever. I believe we've known since childhood that it was like who we, who we were meant to be. And it's um, kind of keeping that vision of, of that and working through those fears so that we can trust ourselves and trust source, literal source, God, mm-hmm. universe, life source. That if it's within us and we want it and we desire it, then there's a path and a way to make it manifest. That it's literally what we were sent here to do, right? It's our callings. It's how we will, it's what lights us up from within that will then light others up by us living into it. And that's why we can't let the fear win. Mm-hmm. That's why we have to act through the fear because we need a lit up world. We need women that are lit up from within to be living their wholeness and their ex- most expanded lives. Because when you do it and I do it and our sisters do it, there's a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And I believe this with all that I am. And that's why we have to work through the fear. Mm -hmm. And perhaps not be fearless as in having none, but we fear less, Mm -hmm. less often, less things. I I feel like an amen, hallelujah, like all the things for that, (laughs) that moment. I could feel that so intensely, your, your passion behind that and the the full belief of what you're saying. And I love that fear less because if you're living in a constant state of fear, you cannot be who you are meant to be. It's, and that was the whole, when I think of fearless, when this season came about, I always know about six months before a season starts, what the, the women that I'm called to teach and love and just pour into what they need. I can kind of feel it. And it's just this beautiful divine direction that comes into my, my knowing, you know, my being, I'm like, Ooh, this is fun. I get excited about it. But when I picture fearless, I kept picturing we, we did transformation and it was a lot of butterflies and, and very fun things last semester, last semester, <laughs> back in school last season. But this one, it almost felt fearless in my mind. The vision I kept getting was the cocoon pulling off of the butterfly. Fearless is that moment where you release 
that fear, that thing that you keep gravitating towards where you fully release it and you allow yourself to fly. That doesn't mean there won't be big turbulence or predators that come for you, but you allow yourself to be released and to fly. And I agree with you. That is how you bring beauty into the world. Staying safe in that cocoon is not going to serve anyone, not even yourself. Cause you can't even see the beauty around you when you're in that space. That's right. It won't but, serve. I love that. I love that visualization and the, just the, the power in who we are and just the sheer possibility in every single one of us to m- make a difference. Um, I can tell you what I felt called. It felt a deep calling from within 15 years ago to start sense of style. It didn't make a lot of sense. Right. Um, it, it just felt like it would light me up. And I'd look back on the last 15 years and how much it has pushed me and how much I've grown and how many other people have been, lives have been blessed because I decided to go for it, right? The incredible people that have come into my life, the conversations I've gotten to have because I went for it. Now, like you said, there will be things that happen. Things will go wrong. It's a guarantee. There will be failures along the way. There will be more pain and suffering, but there will also be expansiveness and like joy and accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And like you said, becoming the path and the light for others so that they feel like there's somewhere they can follow. Um, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So it's like, if you feel like, and not everybody's called to start a business, right? Like that was just my version of it. There's lots of callings. There's lots of visions for your life. And it's, it's getting clear with yourself about what that is. And then trusting yourself and God, right? That that's your path and to walk it. Yep. To walk it. And as we say here at the strong people, I I even have the sign behind me walk sacred. Um, because when you're scared and you choose to do it anyway, it's transformational ground. And that's sacred. That is. And I, I was thinking, as you were talking, if I could sum up this conversation, which is part of my job, but if I could sum it up, what would it be? And I think it's back to that phrase we were talking about. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? And I look at you and what you've done and what you've accomplished. Was it worth it? A hundred percent. You just answered that a hundred and ten percent. That's a hell yes. Yeah. When we follow that, what lights us up when we do it anyways, when we do it scared, 100% it's worth it. The time is passing anyways. Time is passing. Life is too short not to live your fullest, boldest, most expansive life. And like we said, we need you. Is it worth it? Hands down, hands down. Absolutely. Do we both still have more to do? Hands down. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just this morning. 
prepping. I'm sure you have this too. I have my moments of preparation and my mind, you know, mindset is so much about intentional living and taking the opportunity, like you said, to pause and really think about where am I, where do I want to be? What does that look like? And so I'm prepping. That's usually when I'm doing my makeup. I just think I allow quiet space to just really think and go and go. And all these new things came in of Bridget, it's time to do, (laughs) right? Fear came up, but it will be worth it. It will be so worth it. I think you said something that's so important for people to recognize is you'll fill the thing you want to do. You'll fill the light. You'll fill the desire. And this is how I know. This is one of the ways I know I'm on the path because almost immediately after you fill the desire and the excitement, the fear will come up. Mm-hmm. That is telling you you're on the right path. Quite literally. Yep. So welcome it, notice it, and then use some of these techniques that we've talked about to work mm-hmm. and move through it. And I think what people will find, what you found, what I found, is that eventually fear almost gets exciting because, like you said, it's that verification. It's like, yes, time to go the next level, whatever that is, and whatever stage, mm-hmm. whatever thing you're working through or working towards that fear is that verification. And so you almost get excited to feel it because you know, something new is coming. Yeah. Exciting. It is exciting. I like that. I like that reframe. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you for coming on and for having this conversation. I feel so filled and calm. You have such a beautiful, calm presence and it's, it's solid. There's a foundation there. Thank you. So I really, really appreciate you bringing that to this conversation and to this episode and to all the, our audience, how can they find you? How can they connect with you? Yeah. You can find me personally on Instagram at Courtney Ellen Brown or, um, sense of style spelled with a C E N T S like dollars and cents. But I spend most of my time over there at, um, Courtney Ellen Brown on Instagram. Yep. Which is how we connected. So she will answer you. Thank you, Courtney. I look forward to continue to connecting and for the audience to give some good feedback on this conversation because you gave some really great concrete tools. And I think that's so essential when you're talking about fear. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time and for giving me the platform to speak. love connecting with you. Come find me on Instagram at Bridgette.Heller, B-R-I-G-E-T-T-E dot H-E-L-L-E-R. And of course, the website, www.thestrongandcapable.com. Now, if you're ready to take your business and your life to the next level, you can hire me as your coach, join me in the Queen's Circle, which meets monthly, or invite me to speak at your events. And please don't forget, friend, you are strong and capable. <laughs>